Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Wisdom Wednesdays. Now, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that the one disease that I talk about that scares the bejesus out of me is Alzheimer's disease. Uh, And that's because of two things. Number one, just how horrible it is for the individual and family members. Uh, And I would kind of widen Alzheimer's disease to talk about all forms of dementia. Um, But secondly, is that there are um, currently no effective treatments for it. So once you've developed it, it seems to just be a matter of being able to slow it down. And I did do a a Wisdom Wednesday recently on uh, a certain type of breath work, so resonant frequency breathing, that seems to have a positive impact on clearing amyloid beta. So amyloid beta are are these proteins that that are contributing to Alzheimer's disease. Um, So we've known that that there's the generation of these amyloid beta deposits then is followed up by these tau tangles. And that seems to be what's going on in the brain. Um, And there's been lots of failed drugs at trying to clear it. But a new study... Um, published in the journal Neuron by a team at the Massachusetts General Hospital, has showed um, promising results um, suggesting that a a myokine, which is a messenger molecule that is released from exercise, and this myokine is called ericin, um, and it shows this study that ericin-based therapies might help to combat AD. So we've known for many years that physical exercise has been shown to reduce amyloid beta deposits in the various mouse models of Alzheimer's disease. Um, and the reason it's, it's all done in mice is that you have to then go in and look at their brains. Um, but the mechanisms have kind of been a bit of a mystery. Now, we know, and I've talked about this before, that exercise increases um, circulating levels in the bloodstream of muscle-derived hormones um, that are called myokines. They are muscle-derived messenger molecules. And one of these is called ericin. And it does a number of different things. Ericin regulates glucose and lipid metabolism in fat tissues. And it also increases energy expenditure by accelerating the turning of some white fat into brown fat. So it's also involved, ericin is really important in cold exposure, cold water exposure, and how that helps to create brown fat. And studies have revealed that ericin is present in both humans and mouse brains, and that its levels are reduced in patients with Alzheimer's disease and in mouse models with the condition. And so these researchers wanted to test whether ericin actually played a causal role in the link between exercise and reduced amyloid beta. So what they did is they um, they used this mouse model uh, and they, they basically used a 3D cell culture model of Alzheimer's disease. Um, and what they found was that a recent treatment led to remarkable reduction, and that's their words, um, by, by one of the, the, the lead researchers, Si-Hoon Choi. Um, and so Choi said that it led to a, a remarkable reduction of amyloid beta pathology. And then secondly, they showed that the effect of ericin was actually in, a, attributable to the activity of a, of a certain enzyme 
called naprilicin, um, that uh, is actually secreted from cells in, in a brain cells called astrocytes. And, and it's increased activity of this that cleared the amyloid beta. So what they've actually been shown is that ericin activates this enzyme that actually degrades the amyloid beta. So for the first time, um, we've actually seen the effect and understood high exercise or at least one of the mechanisms and and I'm sure it's only one mechanism and um, by which Alzheimer's can uh, sorry by which exercise can help to prevent or treat Alzheimer's disease and they then went on to discover that arisen binding to this receptor actually reduced the signaling pathways of two key proteins one called ERK and the other called STAT3 and that was critical for the arisen-induced enhancement of, of naprilicin. So they now really understand uh, those pathways, which I think is very, very helpful uh, and may also be helpful um, for some potential drug interventions when you really understand what the pathway is of the benefit. And previous studies have shown in mice that it, when arisen is injected into the bloodstream, it can make its way into the brain, um, making it potentially useful as a therapeutic. But I think the big thing for all of us is that exercise um, actually um, induces the clearing of amyloid beta in the brain through the production of arisen. And arisen does a couple of things. So it, it crosses the blood-brain barrier. So it's produced in contracting muscles. It crosses the blood-brain barrier. and it, it does what we just suggested. It, it helps to clear directly clear amyloid beta, but it also triggers the release of BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which does a number of different things. Number one, it helps to grow new brain cells in certain areas of the brain, such as the hippocampus. But BDNF also protects the brain cells that you have against damage, whether that's from stress-induced damage or traumatic brain injury. Um, so here we can see just one of the, the many myokines that have been identified. And to this point, we've identified over 600 different myokines, but we only know what less than 100 of them actually do. Um, so I think this is very, very relevant for everybody that, that now there's another known benefit of exercise. We know it improves brain function. We know it improves cognitive function. Um, we know it improves mood. We know it improves your physical health. And now we can see that it directly is helping to clear these proteins that accumulate in Alzheimer's disease. And then if we want to get really practical around this, the best way to optimize arisen is to actually do high intensity exercise. Um, so there's a separate research paper published in the frontiers of endocrinology that has shown that exercise intensity is one of the key regulators of these muscle growth factors. And, and the, re the rate of release of myokines and regulators of muscle growth is dependent on the intensity and the volume of muscles involved in exercise and the intensity and level of resistance affect the activation of motor units. So therefore, the amount and type of motor units in, are, that are involved in exercise activity affect um, the levels of these secretory myokines and, and then their function both inside the muscle cell to neighboring cells and then out into the bloodstream. 
So the big take home for me, for everybody, is to, to really optimize things. You want to be doing higher intensity training. So when it comes to cardiovascular stuff, that basically means you want to be at working at those higher intensities, especially doing high intensity interval training, going hard, backing off, going hard, backing off. Uh, and when you're doing it, trying to use as many muscles as possible. So running is brilliant. Rowing is brilliant. Um, you know, anything that is using those big muscle groups is really, really useful. And then when it comes to resistance training and um, making sure that you're doing quite a lot of big full body movements such as squats and deadlifts and kettlebell swings rather than those isolation exercises. So, and increasing the intensity. So when we talk about resistance training intensity, we mean the weight that you're lifting. So, so doing that higher intensity stuff where you're recruiting more muscles and then that's bringing in things like supersets, and drop sets so that you're using as much muscle as intensely as possible during your exercise, which is going to optimize not only the release of, of arisen, but the other 500 odd myokines and that we're only beginning to understand the benefits of those for both our body and our brain, our physical health and our mental health. So that's it for this week. Catch you next time. Thank you.